Good morning, Christ community. I'm not Keith, right? (laughs) It is great to be with y'all this morning. And my name is Jeff Heath. And Keith and Donna and my family go back probably, I was counting again on the way down here as I was driving on a beautiful Sunday morning. Free interstate, nobody on the road. I was driving down 185 this morning, enjoying the drive, thinking back over the past. It's been a lot of years and years that I really don't want to count because that time does not really go by for me. Although when I look in the mirror, I see it does. Um, It's great to be with you this morning. And Keys is at a conference this weekend. And let me, let me say when I was in full-time ministry, church ministry, I loved going to conferences because when I would come back, I would come back so excited, so refreshed, Because when you go there, you do all these seminars that just help you understand things you can do, things that you can do differently. It just retools you in ways that are hard to really describe unless you've actually been there and done that. Because you get to fraternize with other pastors and do things with other folks that, that help you understand. Number one, you're not in it alone. And number two, we're all in it together as we're going forward with our church ministry. So it's a great thing, and it's great that he can do that this weekend. He asked me if I would come and speak this morning. So I thought I would share with you this morning. You have an outline that's there. I want to invite you to take it out. Now, anything that comes to your mind during this message, I want to invite you to write it down. And you're not going to hurt my feelings or God's feelings if it's eggs, milk, whatever. Because really, um, sometimes that happens with me too. And it's okay. Write it down because it all ties in at the end anyway. So please take a moment, pull that out, let's look at it as we go to God together in prayer. Let me invite you to bow your heads and we'll get going this morning, okay? God, thank you for a beautiful day. Oh, what a great day. And and it's just an example of how you work. One day it can be raining, which replenishes the earth. The next day it can be just as beautiful in this, this springtime of everything budding and blooming, allergy season. We give it to you, God. And during this time, as we talk about you, I pray that that you would bless everything that happens this morning, from the music we've been singing and lifting up your praises this morning to what I say at this time. Take me out of the way. Use these words. Use anything you would want to do in this service to help us know you, to grow with you, and to know your presence and power in our lives this morning. So as we leave this place, We are equipped to live a life that you've gifted us and empowered us to live. For we pray in your son's name. Amen. Okay, let me tell you, when I was going to graduate school, I went to Kentucky, which is about 12 hours from Florida, because I'm from Florida. And I have to tell you that I'd never been that far away before from my home to go to school because I went to Huntington College here in Montgomery, Alabama. Yay! And I went there, so I was only two and a half. I was supposed to be three hours, but I'd make it in two and a half. And I was from home in Fort Walton Beach. Well, going 12 hours away, when I got to Kentucky, I was in an old Toyota Camry, which I love to this day. I wish I still had that car. Somebody introduced me to a thing called AAA. Do you know AAA? How many of y'all are enlisted with AAA with your cars? everybody 30 years and older. That's right. Um, let me tell you, I'm just being real. AAA is not around. It's not as popular anymore. But a friend of mine across the hall came over to me and said, man, you know what you got to get for this trip that you're going to take in your car across Kentucky? Because that's what we were doing. He said, you need to call AAA and get him to send you a trip tick. Let me show you what they look like. You got that trip tick there? 
There it is. How many of y'all remember triptychs? All right. That's great. Eight of us. That's super. Those, this is what they would send us if you wanted to take a trip. And it would be this little binder thing, and it would tell you where you're going. And as you're driving down the road, you could just flip the page, and it would take you to the next 20 miles or so. It would tell you where the roadblocks were. It would tell you where all the construction was going on. It was the coolest thing. And, and I just thought it was the neatest thing since buttered toast was having a triptychs thing like this. So I used it all through my schooling, okay, to go on trips. Well, <laughs> I hadn't used a triptych in a long time because who knows what this thing is right here. It's a smartphone, right? You know why they call it a smartphone? Because it makes me feel so dumb. That's why they call it a smartphone. And then I discovered in February of 2011 when Verizon finally got the iPhone, I was a big holdout because I was a Verizon guy. When I got the iPhone 4, an app called the Google's Map app. How many of y'all are familiar with the Google's Map app? How many of y'all use the Google's Map app? Okay, almost all of us now. See how things have happened and progressed and changed? Well, I didn't know about the Google's Map app until I discovered I had to drive two hours one way to get to where I work. And because I drive through Atlanta, because I live on the north side of Atlanta, I drive to the south side of Atlanta. And because of that, I'm constantly using Google Maps. Now, when I first started using Google Maps, it was foreign to me. But after six years of therapy, group ministries on how to use Google Maps, I finally felt good enough that I could understand how it worked. I didn't have therapy. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. But, but, but I, I really did, man. I was calling my buddies who knew all about these apps saying, how do you use this app? Because I had no clue and I'd be all mad and everything. So they would explain to me how to use it. Now look at this one I've got on Google Maps. You've got it. Thank you very much. See, this is how it works for those of you who don't know how it works. You hit this button and then this comes up on your phone. Okay, and then and then you type in all that stuff up there. This was on Google Images for Google Maps. This was one of the ones I wanted to show you because it was the only one I could find that demonstrates what I wanted to demonstrate. And so so you see, it says from my location to the TikTok room. Now that's I looked up that up because that sounded funny. I wanted to make sure it was a cool place. It happens to be a steakhouse in Macon, Georgia. Okay, <laughs> the TikTok room, but it's a four-star steak restaurant. I've never been there, but that's what it said. Anyway, so so you see where you are the blue dot, and you see the red place is where you're. Going to the TikTok room, okay? Now, don't say I recommend the TikTok room, but I don't know about it. But so you're driving that thing, and you're getting to that place right there. It tells you how far it is. It tells you how many hours it's supposed to take you with the speed limit. It tells you what kind of traffic you've got. All this stuff it tells you. It's become my right-hand person in traveling, because going through Atlanta, I've got to know the traffic. I've got to know what's going on, so I can call my sweetie and say, "Hey, baby, I'm going to be home." here. So she kind of has an idea when I'm going to be home. It's a great thing. But can I tell you something? I had to change to make that happen. I was using an atlas before if I didn't know where I was going. I use this all the time. I use it all the time. Do y'all use it all the time? Yeah. It's like you're, okay. But we have to change to be able to do that. And you know, I think some of the hardest things regarding life in general, and even particularly in the Christian life, is this concept of change. And I want to have fun today. I want to I sit back a little bit with you today. I want to look, because this is a serious topic, 
So I want to be a little lighthearted about this, and I want to use this topic of change with you this morning. And let's take the Google Maps road to change with our spiritual life. Are you with me this morning? Okay, let's do it. All right, my theme verse this morning I want to share with you is this right here. It comes from 1 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's a change. You're going from old to new. It's like the new 2015 F-150. It's a new truck. I have a 2007 F-150. It's an old truck. If I buy a new truck, this one is going to be completely different. Completely different. Because that's on my wish list, but it's not happening. But, 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 it, but it's a completely brand new thing. A new life. Now, if you're sitting here this morning going, oh man, we're going to talk about change. You know, I don't need to change. I'm, t- I'm really great. I don't need to change. Let me ask you a question. This past week, this past month, was there a time when you were dealing with your spouse and you said, call an exorcist, baby, because I'm so sorry I dealt with that that way with you. I, I didn't mean to do that. I, and wish that you hadn't handled the situation the way you handled it. Was there a time at work where with a co-worker and a, and a work situation where you wish you could have a do-over with your boss or you wish you could have a do-over with an employee that you wish you had handled something differently? Was there a time where anger got the best of you, where, where your own self-control got the best of you, where your faith in God wasn't quite where you think it ought to be. You see, all these things are examples of us needing change. You see, of us needing change. And what's the coolest thing is, we can come here and do that, because at the bottom line is, why are we here? Why do we come here every Sunday morning and worship God? Is it for the music? Is it for the message? Is it for the donuts? My kids will tell you it's for the donuts and for the crafts that they're going to make in children's church that they learn about God with. No, I think the reason we come here is I think deep down we've all got needs. And we come here knowing that God Almighty, through His Son Jesus Christ, and the power of His Holy Spirit, in our lives is something only he can do in helping us meet those needs to grow to change to understand what this process is about so that's what I want to talk to you about as we go through here this morning okay now what I'd like for you to do there's some extra stuff I want you to write here's what change is so I want you to write this right here it is it, and this is not a slide by the way it's God's power plus our cooperation equals change. If you want to change this morning, it's got to have those two elements. You'll read all day long in the Bible about God's power, but change doesn't happen unless somebody in the Bible is cooperating with God's power. You see, both those sides, it's like algebra, which I failed at, both those sides, um, both these sides here, okay, have to happen. This by itself is not biblical, This by itself is not biblical, but together change happens. That's biblical. God's power and our cooperation equals change, okay? So what I want to do this morning, there are five things that I want to mention to you this morning, okay? We're going to run through them kind of briefly, and I want want to talk to you about them. The first one I want you to write down about the Google Maps Road to Change is journey. 
Write that down. Right next to it, in parentheses, you can write the word trip. It's a trip. When I go on to Google Maps, I know I'm taking a trip. And it's a journey that I'm going on. Because you see, what we have to realize in our fast food, I want it now life, is that God's changing of us is a process and not an event. You go to an event, like the boxing match last night, you go to that boxing match last night, or you watch it, or however you find out about it, and it's an event. Ding, 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 12 rounds. You know what's going to happen, okay? And at the end of it, it's over with. But change is not something that's an event. It's, it is a process. It's something that happens in our life, you see. And um, let me demonstrate this the way we'll all understand. I have four kids. I've lived through four times of this on a trip. Right now, I'm on my fourth, who's five years old. And we get on a trip, and we get out of the driveway. We're not even out of the subdivision yet. And he says, what, what was that? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Huh? Huh, Dad? Are we there yet? And, and, and finally, when I go, no, honey, we're not there yet. We've got 12 hours to go till we are there. You know what he says next after that? I have to go i got to go potty. To the bathroom's a little formal. <laughs> My little boy goes, I have to go potty. You know what I mean? I had, a, I had a buddy, Ted, had a little girl, man. They go on trips, and, and she got fascinated with the Golden Arches and, and had been to the bathroom at the Golden Arches. And every time they were on a trip at every exit, she'd see the Golden Arches and go, potty, 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 potty. He came up to me and said, hey, man. He said, he said Heath, man, how... How do I get this kid off of potty, potty, potty every time she sees the golden arches? Because they would never get anywhere because they had to stop at every exit because of the thing. It was one of those things, and he, he lived through that. But, but, but many times we ask God the same thing. God, am I there yet? Am I there yet? You may not be saying that, but sometimes we get frustrated with ourselves and, how we're, and what's happening in our life and whether we're changing fast enough. Are we there yet, God? Are we where you want me to be now, God? Is this all it is? Is this it? You know, and, 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 and we're asking that question. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, Kelly took me to a homeschooling conference. And I was saying, God, golly, Kelly, we got, we got to get away. And she said, great, I got a great idea. Let's go to a homeschooling conference. And I said, okay, let's do that. Well, there's 200 seminars, 65 bucks a head. We go to the homeschooling conference. Well, I'd been to this conference this morning, and I'd seen this seminar. It was a pretty good seminar. But I'm not, you know, homeschooling is really Kelly's thing. And so I was there as a support. So I was enjoying some of the seminars. So I come out, and, and I'm thirsty. And I see this big halo over this, this thing, and, and it was a Coke machine. Now, I don't really do Coke out of Coke machines because I like my Coke to be 37 degrees Fahrenheit if I'm going to drink Coca-Cola because I was interviewed up here at the Coca-Cola plant for a scholarship when I was in college in Huntington, and he said, if you want to drink Coca-Cola in a can, do it at 37 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the perfect temperature for Coke. Because of the heat of your hand touching the can, it's he said it was perfect. The guy had it down to a science. So I look at the so I don't drink much out of the Coke machines because they're too warm. So I was thirsty. There was nothing else in this Cobb Galleria. So I go over to the Coke machine, and I put in my four dollars and ninety-five cents to get the Coke, <laughs> which I couldn't believe. I think the last time I'd done a Coke machine, it was in cans. Okay, and I remember you put your fifty cents in there. You push a button, it goes kathunk kathunk, and there's your Coke. You pull it out, pop the top, and it's, it's ready to go. And it was cold. Well, this one, you put your $4.95 in there, and then you have to type in this code, A4, 5, all, okay? And I did that. 
And then this arm, and, and it comes up and over. I was able to go talk to somebody, have lunch, come back and get my Coke about 10 minutes later. And finally the Coke fell into this thing and it came over and just dropped all the way down the thing. A thunk, thunk, and thing opens up. There's your Coke. And I pulled it out. It was a little colder than I, I remember. I thought, this might be pretty good. So I start walking out of the Cobb Gallery of the main hall there, and I open it. And guess what happens? It just everywhere. And I'm over here doing this number. It was dripping everywhere. It was terrible. I was so embarrassed. Then I had that funny feeling somebody was watching me. I looked over here in the corner, and it was the speaker of the seminar I had just come out of, some bigwig director of movies and things. He and a buddy were sitting over there laughing it up at what they were watching me do. I looked over at him. I said, laugh it up, fuzzball. You know, I was like, thanks a lot for taking advantage of this with me, you know? So I walked over there, and they lifted up their hands, and each one of them had a Coke in their hand. They had fallen for the same thing, <laughs> and that's why they were laughing. We don't like process. We like it one and done. We, we want the event to happen, and that's it. That's not how God works, because his economy of time is not like the book called The Sneetches. Do you know the book called The Sneetches? where one has, some had stars in their bellies and the others didn't, and the ones that didn't want the stars. So Sylvester McBean comes with the machine, and they go through the machine and pop out with stars upon stars. Then the stars upon stars didn't want stars, so they go through the machine, they get without stars, and it just gets all mixed up at the end. They, want, oh, they wanted it just like that, but God doesn't work that way. He doesn't. Let me show you the scripture I have. It's a great scripture. Now, you, you know this scripture, but I want to highlight something with you. I am sure, this is Paul talking here, in prison. I am sure that God who began the good work, it's God who begins the good work, not us. He begins this good work in us. Within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. See, in, in, there is no ending time. It's a continual thing. Sir, you can circle, write down began, write down continue, Highlight those because we don't want it to be that way, but that's the way God is because he wants to be in control of what's happening. He's not done with us. He never will be done. It's, it's continual, okay? All right, second word. Write this down. Write down the word destination because when you're using Google Maps, you've got to write a destination up at the top of that picture I showed you. The top will say, my location, but if you don't write a destination and understand what your destination is, Google Maps will not help you. It won't help you get to that destination. And what I want to be clear with you about this morning, don't miss this. Oftentimes, we get confused about the destination. We think that the destination is being a better person. And we judge our win-loss record on how well we've acted or on how well we've handled a situation. It's okay to do that to a point. But I, I want to be clear about this this morning. Our destination is wholeness in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our destination. Write down on that, underneath that point, John 14 and 15. Go home this week and read this. A few weeks back, we celebrated Easter. Everybody dresses up. We celebrate it. The church world celebrates it all different ways. The media covers it. Christianity celebrates Easter again, and it's done. It's the big celebration of Christianity. 
But can I, can I say to you this morning that what separates Christianity from all other religions is the fact that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. The person in Jesus. All the other religions talk about good works. And if you follow those good works from this great prophet, this great teacher that they worship, then, then you may get in. But you don't find out until you get up there and then it's not graded on a curve, if you know what I mean. Jesus was the way. I love this passage. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And, and, and it describes this place in heaven for the, for the disciples after he washes their feet and prepares them with his death and resurrection stuff. And then he says, and then, and then the disciples speak up, Jesus, we don't know the way. You're, what way are you talking about? We don't know the way. What do you, what do you, is there some directions you've got to give us? Is there a Google map app for this? You know, they're asking, what, what, what are you talking about? And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the message, Jesus said. I am the truth. I am the life. Me. It's not a list to do. It's not a bunch of stuff like, it's me. That's why when he died, the disciples were so beside themselves because their message died. The person died. When Jesus explained it to them, they, oh, you see what I mean? And then when Jesus was resurrected again, there was the message Jesus took it up a notch. God took Easter up a notch for all of us. It changed everything. That's why you read in the paper people torturing or people persecuting Christians all the time. Because they know the meaning of the message. You see what I mean there? Don't ever forget that. Our destination's wholeness. Our destination is wholeness in Christ. I remember, you got to know the destination. I remember my honeymoon. I took a honeymoon and went up to Gatlinburg with my wife. It was a two-phase honeymoon. We were both in church work, so they gave me like three weeks off for my honeymoon. So, so, so one week we went up to Gatlinburg. Had no problem with Gatlinburg. I'd been there many times. I had a great time in Gatlinburg. It was a lot of fun. But then we drove down and we went to um, Disney World. Went down there. But we stayed in one of their hotels that were on the property. Never done that before. I didn't know what to expect. So they sent me all these guides to show me exactly what it was going to look like and gave me a picture of the destination. And that's what I want to give you this morning. Our destination in Google Maps is Jesus Christ. We want his work in our life. He is our goal. He is our destination, okay? And, 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 and we want to be whole. I got some great scripture, Hebrews 10.10. Here's what it says. Here's what God wants for us. He wants us to be made holy. Now, who's holy? God, you see? He wants to be made holy. So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I, the Lord, am your God who makes you holy. You see, it's not a how good did I do. It's not a try to be the best you can. It's working on this relationship to the point where God is the one influencing the change. And we get that confused sometimes because he's, he's constantly changing the inner world and we're constantly outer world people a lot of times, okay? All right, now... Um, this, this, this is 2 Corinthians 3.18. Look at this scripture with me as well. And the Spirit of the Lord works within us. We become more and more like Him. And we reflect His glory even more, you see, as it's the Spirit of God working within us. It's not us trying harder. It's, not a, it's, it's all keyed on the Holy Spirit's work that causes it to happen, you see. It's a neat thing, but that's the key to change, and sometimes we get that confused. All right, now put down the third word with me. I want you to write down the word roadblocks, and then put a slash by that and put detours. 
Okay, D-E-T-O-U-R-S, roadblocks and detours. All right, now roadblocks, I'm going to show you this picture. Is that picture the next one? I think it is. This is something cool that's happened with Google Maps in the last year that I didn't know about. You see all those little road signs that are all through the trail, that are all through the road right there, with the little car fender bender stuff? That's been so helpful to me, because I can hit that, it will tell me exactly what's going on, it'll tell me, uh, I can expect a delay right there, I can expect a roadblock, I can expect a detour, you see? And, and can I say, when we get serious about letting God change us, we're going to start seeing some roadblocks in our life. Things that we may not have seen to begin with because we were more in control. But the more we're allowing God to come in and change us, the more these roadblocks and detours are going to be more evident. Now, when I first started seeing these roadblocks, you know what I do? I try to avoid them. I try to go around them. I start looking at alternate routes because Google Map will do that. You can hit three or four different routes to maybe avoid the roadblocks, you see? May I share with you this morning? God doesn't want us to avoid roadblocks. God doesn't want us to avoid slow traffic in our own lives. Because you see, when we get around those roadblocks and we get around them, we start walking. If you're a guy driving that car, or even a gal, you start walking around like this. Yeah, man, I made some great time. Got around that roadblock, got ahead of everybody else, and here I am, you see. What God does when we go through the roadblocks, it enables God to conquer those weaknesses we have through his power. We see him working in those roadblocks and in those detours, you see, enabling us to change, enabling us to move toward the wholeness that he asks and, 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 and wants us to be in our lives today. It's really a neat thing. But, and, and you know something else I discovered from driving back and forth? When I go through the slow traffic of Atlanta and the roadblocks of Atlanta and the, and the detours I have to take because they're directing me, I find out that it's just as fast going through it as it is trying to get around it. And I have a chance to look around. And I go, wow, look at these big buildings. I see things I never saw before. Because I'm slow enough through Atlanta that I can see them. I can notice whether there's a Braves game at Turner Field. I can notice whether or not there's Georgia Tech's being let out and what's going on there. Just lots of things. Now, I'm, I'm being funny to make a point here. That's what God does with us. When you come up on this roadblock and you don't like what you see about yourself, okay, that's what God does. He says, man, let me work with you on it. We'll get through that roadblock. We'll get that detour. Don't, don't skirt it. I got some great scripture that illustrates this. Here's the first one. God calls us to purify ourselves. That's what our role is. We, we ask God, purify us from everything that contaminates our body and our spirit, perfecting that holiness, and we do it out of reverence, and awe of God and for God. That's our part. God, purify us. Help us be the vessels that you could come in and help change and lead toward wholeness. And the next scripture is the next step. When you try to go around the roadblock, here's what happens. People who cover over their sins, who try to get around the roadblock, they don't prosper. But if they will confess and forsake them, God gives mercy. 
You see how cool that is? And that's, that's what we all try to do sometimes. And what God says, oh, just go through it. I'll go through it with you. That's why Paul writes in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's in prison in a roadblock. And that word do, endure, I can endure all things. That's what he's saying, see? That's exactly what he's saying. Such a neat thing, such a neat thing. Um, look, at the, um, look at the fourth thing with me, okay? In this whole thing, you got to be careful that you don't forget to refuel yourself. You have got to refuel in your life, all right? A few weeks ago, i got to tell you, a few weeks ago, I went down to, to Niceville, Florida, Fulham Beach, Florida. My dad was an athletic director, um, started an athletic program at this community college back in the 60s and stayed there for like 35 years. I grew up on the campus with him as the ball boy, and I was the campus kid, and, um, and so I went back down there for some meetings that they were having because I wanted to talk to them. They wanted to talk to me about my dad and some things there because I had not been on that campus for about 20 years, and that whole thing is just blown up. Well, I stayed in Destin and had to drive up to Niceville where the campus was, and I'd forgotten that when I got to Destin, I was on empty in my car. And I, I have a car that tells you how many miles you got left till, till you're empty on, on the gauge there. And I, I had forgotten about it. I'd forgotten that I was on empty. I was so focused on those meetings that I'd forgotten. So I get into the car at the college, and I start my way back up to Atlanta because I had six, seven hours to drive, and I wanted to get home to my, my family. Well, if you've ever been in that area, Eglin Air Force Base goes all the way around the college. So when I got in the car and started north, it is like desolate because it's Eglin Air Force Reservation land. You're driving down that road 285 north from the college up, and you begin to hear, I mean, tumble, you know, just going across the highway. Car, there are strange trucks parked on the side of the road. You wonder at night whether things are glowing. You, know, I, you get to wonder whether they're doing radiation experiments out there or something. You know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing out there. And then I heard the noise that I never wanted to hear in a situation like that. And look down there, and it was the, no it's the distinct noise that I am running out of gas. And it showed me how many miles I had left. So what did I do? Whipped out the Google Maps, and I'm over here. How, how far did I get to the nearest gas station, up to the interstate? And you know something? It was cutting it close. No, it was cutting it close. And I got mad. I got angry. I, 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 you idiot. Why, why couldn't you remember to get gas? I mean, I was on to myself, and I, then I start guessing. The gas miles start guessing. I'm going, holy cow, what am I going to do? I, I, there's no one to call. My dad's north, my, my wife's north. Nobody to call, not even Ghostbusters. Nobody's coming out there to help me. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So I'm going up that road, and, um, and guess what? Um, the feeling I had of fear, because, you know, that could be a whole day wasted. I get up to the gas station. My meter showed two miles left on my meter when I got there. I had never gone down past that before, past zero. I'd gone to, to zero and one, but I had that was only one other time I did that, and I knew I was where I was supposed to be, you know what I mean? But there was a total trust to that meter that it was going to get me there, just a total trust. I filled up the gas. I have a 26-gallon tank, 25-gallon, 25.3 gallons two, three gallons that I had left. I only had like 0.7 gallons left in my tank when I got there. Can I tell you, one of the greatest hindrances to change in our life 
is not our desire to want to change. It's not our desire to want to allow God to do his work in our life. It's the fact that we run out of gas and we don't know how to fill the tank back up. We think it's something we have to do. Filling up our tank is something God does. It's not something that we do. The only thing we do is we say, God, I need you to fill my tank. And that's it. It's community like this that fills our tank up. It's our own quiet times that fill our tank up. It's those times where we allow God to renew our strength. That's what Psalm 23 says. It says, God is the one who renews my strength. He guides me down the right paths because of the strength he gives me to do it. He renews it, you see. But then when we start filling out of gas, we go to the wrong person. We try to do it on our own. We just try to get off. When God's the one that does it, it's, it's such an important thing. And, and the thing I learned about that whole experience was that my truck ain't going to run if I don't put gas in it. We're not going to change if we don't refuel. How do you refuel? How do y'all refuel? Is it in your small groups? Is it in family worship at home with, with your family together? Is it through the ministries of, of Christ's community? That's where it's done. That's how we stay strong with God topping off our tanks for him to allow, for us to allow the change to happen, you see. The last thing, write down with me. Write down the word celebrate. Now, whether you know it or not, and I know you know it, but I want to tell you this morning that God has worked in your life. He's worked in your life from the day you said yes to him. He has. I think sometimes we look ahead and we see sometimes how far we think we have to go to be where God wants us to be. And it, begin, it begins to become a downer to us because we go, man, look how far I've got to go to be anywhere what God wants me to be in my life. I'm that way. I'm that way. You know? This morning, I want to ask you and challenge you. Instead of doing it that way, how about if you look back and see where you are, where you were, and see how far God's brought you and celebrate that? Because like, like I said, this whole event thing is what makes us feel like we've not gone anywhere. We want it done. One and done. Event. Okay? And it's not supposed to be that way. This whole life is a process of our intention of cooperating with him, working in our life. You see, it's, all, it's a big deal. And who you are at 20-something is not who you're going to be at 30-something. And who you are at 30-something is not who you're going to be at 40-something. And then I wouldn't know anything beyond that because I'm only early 40s. But, but uh, no, I'm not. But, 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 you know, 
The one constant as a Christ follower is God. You see? It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you can grasp it. I love what the psalmist David said. He said this, he said, Oh God, he said, you've done so many miracles for us. Your plans for us are so numerous. They're just too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all your deeds, I would never come to the end of them. David had gotten to a point where he was saying, man, God, thank you. And if you know the story of David, and when he wrote that psalm, you would be praising God for how far God had brought him to. Not how far he had to go, but where he was then, see? And it's the frame of mind he wants us to have as well. Let me, let me end by telling you a short story. I, I, I do the Facebook. How many of y'all do the Facebook? I keep up with a lot of friends on Facebook. And, and I learned recently of a math teacher of mine from high school that I'd taken one math class from. His name's Charlie Applin. And I learned that he had passed away suddenly. So I went, holy cow, you know. And so so I, I felt led to type. I don't usually type things like this on Facebook, but, but I really felt led to share in that comment thing. You know how you get together and you put this thing on there about, about um, the person? And I, and I felt led just to type what he meant to me. Well, Charlie Applin was an interesting teacher. He came in to teach a math class at, at, the, at the high school I was in because nobody else could teach it. They needed a teacher, so he came in. You could tell immediately that he was, his pay grade was so much higher than teaching us. You could tell that he was just a brilliant math guy, and they'd asked him to teach the class, so he did. And he walks in there, and he says, and he quiet us all down. And he says, I just want to tell you, I'm so glad to be here with y'all. I really am. This is a great time. He said, now, I'm going to tell you, I know you've had a lot of math classes, a lot of classes at Fort Walmart Beach High School, he said, but... I'm going to do things different in my class. He said, you know, in, in regular classes, you go in there and you take a, you, you learn some stuff, then you take a quiz. He said, I don't do quizzes in my classroom. I do teas. And we're like, teas? He said, yeah, teas. Like, hmm. And he said, you know, other classes you've taken, he said, you take tests. He said, I don't do tests in my class. I do parties. Parties? He said, yeah. We were like, beyond. he said, y'all go down and hoop it up. There. Ah, parties, this is going to be the easiest class. I thought, my dad, I'm going to make an A in this class. My dad's going to be so impressed. You know, he said, this is, what I, this is what I ask of you. He said, every day I'm going to come in here and I'm going to teach you math. I'm going to teach you the process of how this math class works. Every day when you go home, I want you just to look it over one time. Just go back over it one time. And every day that you come into class... I'm just going to keep showing you and building it. And every single Friday, we're going to have a tea together. And then about three or four weeks after we've gathered enough process together, then we're going to have a party. You bring food and everything. And we did. Can I tell you, that right there lit a fire under our class. We had never heard that before. Can I tell you, if you made anything less than an A in that class, you just really flat out wasn't trying. Because he was celebrating how far we'd come with the T's, not how many are you going to miss. His whole frame of mind was learn the pro learn it, understand the process. When we have the party, we're going to celebrate the process of what you've learned and how far you've come. His whole frame of mind was different. What an incredible teacher he was. And, and, and just changed my whole frame of mind about math, <laughs> basically because of that. Do you celebrate how far you've come. Look, if you have a trouble in a particular area, but you know God's working with you, when you feel like that God has worked in your life to a point where you have, you have gotten better in that, celebrate that.
celebrate it. God wants his people to celebrate what God has done. That's what we do every Sunday. It's a celebration. Where are you this morning in the Google Maps road to change? It's a journey. The destination is Jesus. It's not just being a better person. It's the wholeness that only Jesus can bring. Understand the roadblocks and allow God to help you through them so that he can do his work in what he's doing in your life. Don't forget to refuel and understand where it comes from. And don't forget to celebrate. Celebrate. It's what Easter was all about. Let's pray. Oh God, we just thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Thank you, God, for the possibilities that exist in this, in this room right here for the change that you have in store. We want to thank you this morning for working in our lives so that we can be different people because of you. God, we have a need to change. We have a need to grow. We have a need to be different in you. I pray, God, that you would break into our lives and allow us to know the power that exists through the wholeness of you. Do your work in us that we might be different people as we leave here today. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.